This podcast is brought to you by the Immigration Law Series by Emond Publishing, Canada's leading independent legal publisher. Welcome home, everybody. This is a podcast about Canadian immigration law. If you're an immigration practitioner or a student looking to get into this area, or maybe just someone looking to learn about immigration, this is a podcast for and about you. Chantal and I will tell you what you need to know, bring you expert guests to share their wisdom, and we're all going to have a lot of fun doing it. So sit back, enjoy, and welcome home. And now, Chantal is going to do some interpretive dance. Woo, check me out. Check out these dance moves. Look at this one. Can you see me? Can you see me now? What about now? Today on this segment of Welcome Home, we're doing something a little bit different. As opposed to interviewing an immigration professional representative, we're taking things to the other side of the fence and trying to look at things through a client-centered perspective. We have two anonymous volunteers who have uh, volunteered their time to be interviewed by us today in order to tell us uh, as representatives what what works well in a client relationship and where are the areas where representatives can improve. And this candid advice and honest perspective from the client's point of view is going to be very helpful to our listeners in improving their client relationships. Also on today's Welcome Home, we have a new segment of What I Wish I Knew, dealing with the subject of how do you handle a legal matter that comes across your desk and you haven't dealt with it before. It is something new that you are doing for the very first time. Here we are with Jane Doe. And thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Jane Doe is an anonymous volunteer who has been gracious enough to join us today for this particular session of Welcome Home to give us a little bit of insight on the client side. Thank you so much, Jane. We greatly appreciate it. So can you tell us a little bit, give us a little bit of your immigration journey, if you could, please. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Um, My experience was only with the permanent resident program. I have dealt with a few lawyers and a few consultants because I was volunteering to help some people who were applying uh, for their wife or their husbands. So that's kind of my experience. Um, I've been in that helping zone for about four years now. So I've, I've helped a lot of people and I've dealt with very nice consultants, very nice lawyers. So I cannot wait to tell you about my experience. We can just jump right into the nitty gritty, right? So when you find people are looking for a lawyer or consultant, what kinds of things do you think that clients are looking for? First of all, the client would love to be heard. That's the first thing. If they're not heard, that doesn't work. If the, they feel the lawyer or slash consultant does not believe them, that also doesn't help because they feel things. If you tell your story and the representative in front of you acts weird or even the body language kind of is not what the client is expecting, that will break the trust and therefore the relationship might be a bit more difficult. So we're looking for someone who listens. We're looking some, for someone who has bedside minors. Um, and we're looking for someone who has, it was also honest. Personally, I don't want a lawyer who tells me, I want every one of my cases. That's not what we want. We want the truth. Because I personally would be very doubtful if you're a lawyer and you tell me that you want everything. 
that's not normal. That makes no sense. I've dealt with some lawyers like that. I've said, I've won every case. And I'm like, hmm. you know, the internet exists, right? So there's a way to check if you're lying or not. And that <laughs> lawyer was lying. Absolutely. So this is what we're looking for. Um, we also want a lawyer who's fierce. When they're dealing on our behalf, because they're, they have the language that the immigration system needs to hear. We don't know the lingo that lawyer or consultant they use. So we want that person to be knowledgeable to be honest um, and to be fierce when it's time, when you're on the battlefield, when you're on the front line and you need to fight for us, you have to be fierce because we're paying a lot of money and some of us had to borrow money. Some of us had to do a lot of things in order to be able to pay that consultant or that lawyer. And we don't want that to go down the drain. We don't want it to be a waste of time, a waste of money, a disappointment because at the end of the day, if you do not perform, if you don't do your job, we will not refer you. Absolutely mm -hmm. not. Because word of mouth goes a long way. Yeah, there's Google review. Yeah, there's all of those things. There's rate my lawyer, all of those things. But in a small community where we deal with the government or IRCC or any other program we deal with, people talk mm -hmm. a lot. So I personally, this is what I'm looking for. And from what I've heard from the people that I've helped, uh, they're looking for the same thing. They're looking for someone who believes and who has bedside manners. It's the first thing. Do you do any research before you meet with people? Like, do you Google them, look at their reputation, what they've done before? Absolutely. I do look on the internet to see who they are, what they've done, how many losses. But when I look at the loss, I want to know the reason. Because sometimes it's not just a lawyer. Sometimes it's the client who lied or stuff like that, right? So a loss for me is not a bad thing because some clients are shady. So I do my research. I, I ask people around to say, okay, have you dealt with this lawyer? Have you dealt with this consultant? And sometimes lawyers, they refer you to someone else when they don't have the expertise. And they do say, listen, Jane Doe is amazing. I've dealt with this person for this, 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 this case, and she would definitely help you. So I do, I personally do my research, a lot of it to make sure who I'm dealing with. And if I, after the first experience, the first consultation, I don't agree with you, um, I will not take you. I will not give you my hard-earned money at all. No. That's super interesting because we interviewed another volunteer um, as well. And there's a lot of commonality uh, between what you're saying and what this other person said too, in terms of um, it's not only about as a representative, knowing the law and knowing what to do. It's about letting the other per letting the client know that you have their back, um, letting the client know that uh, you care about their situation and that you're straightforward and honest with them, even when, e even when it's maybe not what the person wants to hear, but it's, it's the honest truth. Uh, and, and being able to know your own limitations as well. Like if it's not the kind of thing that you can handle, not being afraid to give it to somebody else who you think might be a better person to manage that matter for the client. I totally agree with that because I prefer that your lawyer said, listen, I, I cannot do this because I haven't done enough of them to know exactly how to handle your case. I will refer you to that person. Are you okay with that? I'll be, hold on. I'm going to go do my research and check. And if I feel, because I'm someone who listens to her instinct a lot, and I also go with energy. So if the energy is wrong, 
if what I read online seems iffy, I will not take you. But otherwise, I will because I will trust that firm more if they're honest, you know. And if you also take the time to listen, because I've had a, a friend who was dealing with a lawyer um, that shall not be named um, and spent over eleven thousand dollars for um, permanent residency. That client was always sending emails, trying to get phone, trying to call. That person would never call back. It would take one to two weeks to call back. And that person was so disappointed. So already that volunteer did not want to deal with the lawyer anymore. They're like, oh, what am I supposed to do? I already gave a retainer fee. I'm, I'm not able to give it back, to get it back. So what am I supposed to do? And I'm like, you should. I told that person, keep on calling, keep on emailing. But at the same time, that person should not have done that. If you're overwhelmed as a lawyer, if you take too many cases um, and you don't have a staff behind you, that will affect your clientele because that person that spent over $12,000 will not go back to that one. For any other problem, for any other immigration issues, I know for sure that person said, I will not go again. Why? It's not because this person wasn't fierce. Just the fact that you did not have great bedside manners because you did not call back or you did not... Um, you did not respond to the emails that causes a problem because already um, the permanent residency program if you talk about sponsorship for example it's very hard mentally and emotionally it's draining on people and on top of it they have to spend money so if you're spending 10 11 twelve thousand dollars on the lawyer that does not give you the time of day at the end of the day you're going to feel ripped off so that's one of the things that that the first question that you ask, it also adds to it. Um, they should definitely have good manners. And that person did their research. Earlier, I mentioned, I check online to see if they had cases that they won. And that person, that lawyer said, yeah, I won all of my cases. So my friend gave me the name. I was like, can you please give me the name of that person? That person used many names, made a name family name, second maiden name. And I'm like, <laughs> under the name the lawyer gave to the client, she won almost everything. Yes, it's a she, okay, sorry, it's a she, it's fine. <laughs> There's many she's lawyer, right? <laughs> um, and and when I, I said, you know what? Let me look with, I'm sure she has another name. And I did fart, she had a first name. Anyway, she had a bunch of names and she lost a lot of cases. She should have been honest. Right. Mm -hmm. So me knowing that if I have someone that comes to me and say, hey, do you have a lawyer that, you know, in anywhere in Canada, whether in Ontario or in Quebec or wherever, I will not refer that one based on the experience that that person had. Because if you're able to do it to one, what tells me you're not going to do it to someone else? Right. Mm -hmm. And the feeling of that client is that person was just after my money. That person didn't listen to me. That person did a good job. That person didn't listen to what I was trying to say did not help, um, I had insecurities and I was not suited. Even though it's not necessarily the lawyer's job to suit a client, you still have to reassure. Words come a long way. Anything can be said, but there's a way to say it. If you have a client in front of you that is anxious and you want that client to perform when they go to court or whatever, you need to reassure that client and say, listen, everything's gonna be well, just do what we practice, whatever, whatever. So, mm -hmm. um, the initial question was, if I do my research, yes, I do my research for everybody that I deal with. 
Yeah, that's, that's interesting too, because um, responsiveness is, is a common complaint um, with representative, not only lawyers, with, with representatives in general. I find that sometimes a person will come to consult with me, for example, and you know, will say, well, my representative that I have right now is not getting back to me. And because the immigration community is pretty small, um, you know, especially with lawyers, like most of us know each other, um, you know, sometimes what I would um, say to that person is like, look, um, if there's nothing else wrong with the relationship except for responsiveness, um, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Uh, what I will do on your behalf, if you allow me, is I will just call that person. I will let them know that you've come to see me and that you're quite upset and you're feeling neglected. I'm sure this is just a case of, you know, them not realizing that you're feeling this way. Uh, and we'll, let's try to sort it out so that you don't have to switch representatives to a new person. And that's actually been very successful because from, from a representative's point of view, we don't always realize how stressed out the client is. And because we're managing a lot of different things, um, and because a lot of things are by email as well, like sometimes you lose the nuance and the tone. So, it, you know, you can go, you know, if someone will send you an email or leave you a, a message or something like that, you, a week could go by without, you don't even realize that a week went by. And we don't even realize that person's upset. So um, I think it would be good for clients to be very upfront about how they're feeling and not be afraid to express to the representative that they're, they're anxious or agitated or upset that they haven't got a response. Uh, but from a representative point of view as well, this is good learning for us, right? That, you know, another person was telling us um, in, a, in a different recording that we did before, uh, you know, just the fact that the answer didn't come leads the person to be wondering or, or reading into it that, oh, well, have I done something wrong? Are they upset with me? Like, is something wrong with my case and they're not telling me? And it's none of those things, right? Yeah, sometimes so, when you don't hear, your mind starts to really wander. Yeah. And often it wanders to the negative side of things, right? Yeah, so we need to be cognizant of that as representatives. Do you think that, you know, sometimes it's overwhelming for representatives as well? Consultants and lawyers have lots of clients, different kind of client matters. When you, you send an email, when as a client you send an email, what's a reasonable timeline for a response? Is it one day, 48 hours, 10 minutes? What, what's reasonable? To answer your question about the timeline, I'm kind of picky. I have, because I worked in customer service for so long, so my expectations are very high and I'm trying to be reasonable. For me, 24 hours is good. If you answer within the hour, kudos to you. You know, you get more points. If I could tip you, I would tip you. But I think it's reasonable to answer within 48 hours because we know lawyers slash consultants are very busy. And it also depends on the question. So if the question is very low-level question, like a very, like a type of question that you could go online and find yourself, you know, it's okay to answer quickly, you know, or your, your staff can do it. Like, okay, please, the student can say, you can answer that question. And if there's anything that needs to be added, I'll do it. That could be done within an hour if it's stupid, but I don't want to say stupid if there's no such thing as a stupid question. So let me, a simple question. So if the person has a simple question, it should be answered right away to get out of the way. But if there's follow-up questions, I mean, 48 hours, um, I don't think it should go all the way to one week because that's too long. Um, people 
nowadays they're very anxious and like you said they they get lost in their mind and then the it just starts to go people start going crazy with their thoughts so a week is too long three days at least saying hey uh, I got at least send an acknowledgement email. I got your email. Let me answer you within three, four days because the type of question that you're asking, um, I have to do some research. That's okay. At least the client is like, okay, that lawyer slash consultant responded to me. She has to do research. That's okay. You know what I mean? That's fine. But honestly, I like 24 hours. Um, but 48 to 72 hours is very reasonable. If you don't have the answer within that time frame, an acknowledgement letter saying it's going to take me at least give a timeline. Always, um, how can I say this? Don't, um, I'm looking for my word. Sorry about that. Like leave people um, hanging. Don't, don't tell people like you're going to answer quicker when you're not going to do so. I know there's a very clean word. I'm just losing it in my head. I'm, I apologize for that. Uh, so don't say that you're going to answer quickly when you're not. It's better to give a longer timeline and say, hey, I'm going to answer you within one week because I have this, 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 this to do. Oh, I'm, I'm on vacation or whatever. That's fine. There's a timeline. But don't say that you're going to answer before and you don't and you let days pass because it increases anxiety and that creates chaos in the person's head. So, so a, a clear hours. a clear timeline is very helpful. So if someone were to send an email to say, received your email, unfortunately, we're you know, currently backlogged or I'm dealing with court matter, I will get back to you by Wednesday of next week. Then that yeah. would be okay. Something like yes. that. Cause you're managing like the that. expectations. Cause at least then they know yes. why. Or you could just be like immigration and say, Oh, we're dealing with Afghanistan right now. We will literally never answer you ever. <laughs> <laughs> so what I wanted to you say are now... before was, <laughs> Undercommit and over deliver. That would yeah. be the best thing. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice. And then in terms of um, it, other than communication issues, um, like w it, in in the experiences that you've helped help people with um, with other representatives and things like that, um, like w what did what did work really well? Like, have you had it's like seen any positive experiences or like? really things that you saw that you thought, well, that's really great. I'm really glad that representative handled it that way. Yes. Uh, there was a case that someone sponsored, uh, their husband in a country, um, and underdeveloped country. I want to say, I don't know if it's the right word, but anyways, uh, and that person was asking me because they've seen me doing articles and they see me doing a lot of things like i'm sure you have advice because you've been in the game for an amount of years so i referred this representative this consultant it was not a lawyer it was a, a consultant and i basically said yeah this consultant is great this person's going to do this 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 for you so the consultant clearly explain what amended was what she could do what she couldn't do and she actually delivered and she even gave a good price to that person because she knew me so on um, the fact that i'm i was I, I helped this person save money and get good service that was great so for me that for me that was a success because whenever this person had a question that consultant would say 
you know, I don't have time right now. Let me answer you in three days. And the three days time, they would set an appointment and then they would speak. And that client, that representative was something that that person did. She was going on vacation for Christmas and she was going offline and that person had to send the application and she stayed an extra day helping her. She didn't have to because she was supposed to go on vacation. So for me, that's giving the pickle and mostly it's something that you don't have to do. She could have dealt with it after the holidays and she didn't. So for me, that was amazing. So she gave good service, she gave her time and she gave great explanation. So that was one of my experience with a consultant. That's great. So yeah, like going the extra mile, um, it is really important sometimes. And I think from a representative point of view, um, there's a lot of times where you go the extra mile and you don't necessarily let the client know that you've done it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I think given what you're saying, um, about how positive an experience that was for your friend, um, it might be a good idea for representatives, not only to obviously go the extra mile whenever they can, but also to make sure that it, you know, it's known that they've done that, right? Because it's important from the, the client's perspective that if you're doing this extra stuff that, you know, not to toot your own horn or anything like that, but it, it should be known to the person who's receiving that kind of excellent service that it, that that's what's been done. And sometimes I get so caught up in a task. So sometimes I'll do extra research or I'll talk to some of my colleagues, like I'll phone a friend to say, what are your thoughts on this? That I forget to tell the client I'm actually doing that stuff. And that's the reason for the delay. I know that's happened to me before. And I say, oh, I was just putting in some extra, you know, research into this matter because I really want to make sure we've got a successful file going forward. But I, you know, it's a good reminder to make sure that you say, yeah, we're trying to do all that we can for you and go that extra mile. Absolutely. Because if you go that extra mile, but you don't say it and you leave the client in the unknown, that client will be upset at you and you won't even know why because you're thinking hey i was focused on the task i was doing this for you and now you're like mad at me but if you say listen x uh it took me three extra days because i had to do research i had to look at the jurisprudence i had to look at candy i had to do i had to look through all of these things so now i have a complete answer for you me as a client will be oh thank you i appreciate that that person will remember what you did you know, so that I feel it's important to communicate and to explain why there's a delay. Just be honest. It's you, one of the things I said at the beginning, right? Yeah. You mentioned that you went through the PR process. The PR process has a lot of gaps in it where you file the application, a bunch of months go by, you know, depending on the category, you might have an acknowledgement letter within three, four months. Or maybe 12. not at all. <laughs> eternity um and then there's a bigger gap after that of silence the wall of silence okay. how should uh you know consultants and lawyers manage that big gap is it helpful if we say hey there's going to be about five months where you're not going to hear from me or how, how you know what's some good hints for people to manage that from the client side because there's nothing Honestly. we can do about it right mm-hmm um, you're right. Honesty is the key. Say you could say it's going to take five months. However, what I suggest is maybe give like a paper with instructions. So if let's say within that five months that I didn't hear from you and you traveled five times or you got pregnant or whatever, something major happens, 
let me know and we'll set up a little package and we'll see if it's uh, fit if it fits to send an um, an updated information to IRCC. That could be done because clients, including myself, have obsessed with GCK, have obsessed with ECAS, was obsessed with the new portal. You know, like we look and look and look because we want answers and we see the gap in the system, but there's also the gap with the consultant. So it's important to say, you won't hear from me. However, if anything happens, let me know. Well, technically, because if they're the consultant, the consultant gets information for sure. But if there's any an event, new event in your life, something changed, let me know. But rest assured, as soon as I hear something from IRCC, I, it will be my pleasure to give you the information. They'll feel, you know, they'll feel better that way. How just honest and just let them know. Yeah. Um, how, how would it be better for us as representatives? Like we, we frequently experience situations where clients are extremely anxious, uh, and the level of contact is unreasonable, right? So, you know, a million emails, a million phone calls, um, constantly asking us what's going on, what's going on. Even if we've said, you're not going to hear anything for eight months. So from a client side perspective, um, how do you think it would be good for us to manage that? So we don't want to offend the client by saying, you know, you're getting on my nerves, <laughs> but at the same time, in order to remain financially viable, we can't spend the whole day answering emails that are like not productive or not achieving anything. So I, I wonder from a client side perspective, what, what are your views on that? Honestly, what I also did, uh, was refer clients to social media where there's the groups that they would discuss about what's going on and they'll understand that they're not the only one living the same situation. They're not alone. Um, that's what I would do. I would do for listen. If you're on Facebook, uh, there's this group, this group, this group, this group, I suggest you join because they're, they've been through it. They're going through it. And some of them are very experienced because they were on the field themselves. So that's what I would do. And this is what I do now when someone comes to me and say, well, here are the groups you can go. They are very professional. You can do, you can go in a search tab and type whatever, and you'll find your answers because they ask the same question over and over again. You know what I mean? So for you to be, to, and to go into your money, to not lose money because you're answering emails for nothing, I would just refer, you know, in that same instruction that I suggested by, you know, if there's a change happening in your life, et cetera, et cetera, please let us know and we'll see what we want to send it. Um, you can also say there are groups on Facebook, Instagram, whatever social media there, but more Facebook. Um, and you give the titles and they'll find groups that has over 20,000 people in it that will answer their questions. Some of my questions were answered in that group. So this is what I would suggest because that person won't be offended. Because if you say, listen, I've been in that group myself or a client of mine referred me uh, this group and some questions were answered, whether it's for any of the programs, because there's a group for any programs, they will answer your question and they've lived it. So it's true, right? It's not, oh, let me guess. So they don't want guess answers. They really want concrete answers with example and people that have lived through it. So I would suggest the, the groups. That's what I would do to save time and money and frustration. That, that, that's interesting because I, I could see the benefit of that on one hand. Um, 
not only for information sharing, but also just for emotional support. Because I think sometimes um, when clients are panicking, a lot of the emails we're getting is is not really that they want an update, but they just really want to feel better. And they feel better when we answer them. Um, so the emotional support, I think, is important. But I, I think also we, if we were going to do that, we'd have to temper it by making sure that people understand that they shouldn't constantly compare their own case to other people's cases because things can be so different, right? Like you think it's the same, it's not the same. And even if it is the same, it doesn't mean you're going to get the same result with it in the same amount of time as someone else. But I, I could see the value in, in what you just said. I, I wouldn't have thought of that, to be honest. Because honestly, as consultants, lawyers, you're not psychologists as far as I'm concerned. So there's a limit to what you can do. Yes, we want to have great bedside matters, which is something that I, I, I'm an advocate for that. However, there's a limit to what you can do, you know, and without offending the person, you say, listen, you can find in that group emotional support, you'll get uh, words of encouragement, and you'll see people going through things and you'll be able to discuss and it happens on a daily basis. People discuss of their situation and they get over two, 300 comments and hearts and you know, hugs and whatever. So, I mean, there's a line you can't cross because you have to do your job. Yeah, you can support. Yeah, you can be, you know, you can give some emotional support, but you cannot do that forever. So if you refer to someone else um, and you, you give a good reference, they will accept it. I personally would accept it, but there's a, there's a way to say it. Don't say, hey, I'm shipping you too. No, by the way, blah, 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 blah. You know, just be nice. <laughs> now yeah, you... like it probably wouldn't be a good idea to say you're overly neurotic and I think that you really should join this other group to get some help for yourself. <laughs> that sounds bad. <laughs> that might be bad for business. Might, might Absolutely. be. Absolutely, but if you're nice about it, um, like I said, everything can be said. It's just a way to say it. So on that That's note, a... how, how would you like to hear negative, negative about a negative decision? You know, if, if a lawyer or consultant's like, hey, you know, we got a refusal on your file. Or yeah, sometimes you're... you have to deliver bad news and yeah, absolutely. you always wonder how to do it, you know. So what are your what are your thoughts on how what suggestions do you have for how consultants and lawyers should deliver bad news? Because we got to tell you. Uh, it's it's not easy. So first, because we're in a COVID era. If you can see the person face to face, that'd be better. Yeah, wear a mask, whatever distance, all that stuff, it's okay. However, if that can be done face to face, that's one thing that's, that should be done. So can you please come in my office? I would like to discuss with you your file. The person goes into the office, probably in a conference room, wherever, have a bottle of water, have Kleenex, have whatever they want, coffee, serve, uh, and say, listen, I would like to tell you that Here's a letter. Unfortunately, the file was refused for that reason. The person's not going to react well. I remember when it happened to me, I was crying, but I had no rep. So I was just like, I got the letter and I, it was really um, unfortunate. However, if I would have had a rep at that moment, I would have been, I would have appreciated to be in the office. And even if you have to bait in Purell after, hold the person's hand hug for a second just so they can feel some kind of comfort and so the person can understand yeah i am the person can feel that the lawyer slash consultant has their back you know 
So if you're in also the tone that you use, so in person, use the proper tone and offer a solution after. Okay, your file is refused. Peace out. That doesn't work. The file was refused. Unfortunately, it was refused for X, bad faith relationship, financial, whatever it is, right? Um, and say, here are our options. You explain the option and you say, because that person will be emotional, whether it's the man or the woman. And you say, listen, take some time to think about it. Just don't take too long because we have a limit if we want to appeal. So you let them know facts at the same time by using a nice soothing tone, um, not too hard, too, not too harsh and just set them on their way. You know, if they need to sit in the office for 30 minutes, let them sit in the office, take your next appointment somewhere else, just to let them calm down in a neutral place. And then they go home, they cry it out. The next day they'll call you or email you and say, okay, I want to do this. Do you agree? I don't want to do that. And then you give your, your, uh, your professional opinion. I don't agree because whatever, or I agree. Sure. Let's do it. Are you ready? Et cetera. And then you go on. So it, that's what I would have loved to have just being comforted. Um, not like a child per se, but just because we've had, um, that person might've waited for four years, five years for news, right? So it might've been very long and it's emotionally draining. So they're already drained at that point And they've been in a fighting stance for five years or four years. And now they're just like, I have to let go. So when you don't have that adrenaline rush anymore, they have to have someone, which is usually lawyer slash consultant slash family members there to comfort them and give them solution or options slash option, because maybe the person's going to be, you know what? I don't want to appeal. I'm letting this go or that's fine. That's their choice, but they're going to do it when they're no longer emotional, because if they do it right away, when they hear the news, oh, let me appeal now. Oh, let's reapply. I, as a lawyer, I would say, you know what? I would suggest to just wait until you are in a better state of mind or you feel better then we can make a decision. Yeah. Maybe sleep on it. Sleep on it. Yes. Sleep on it. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, I would like to be told in person, not on the phone, not by email, none of that stuff. That's too impersonal. You don't know the tone. It's better in person. Or at least if you can't be face-to-face, -face, video chat, Zoom, Skype, MS, whatever. We have so many options. So as long as it's face-to-face, -face, that's the one thing that I feel is very important. So that person can see that you have some kind of compassion. Hmm. That's interesting. That's another um, common refrain that we've heard from other people as well. Well, we're, we're getting the signal here that our time is coming to a close. Uh, we really, <laughs> I know, right. It, didn't it go fast? I know we always say that we always say, Oh geez, you know, like 30 minutes or whatever. That's oh, I uh, thought you were going to say we're we always say we're a lot of fun. Cause we are, <laughs> you are a lot of fun. Why? Thank you. Wow. You guys are so much fun. I'm really glad I was here too. Yeah, to we really appreciate having you and for being so candid Thank and you. honest with us. Thank you so much you. for your input because I know Thank it's going to make our listeners better um, with their clients and managing their workload. Absolutely. And I know it's hard. And I do have to say uh, before we, I know it's time to wrap up, but I want to personally say thank you to all the consultants who helped us, all the lawyers who helped us, who also believe in us. The one with no bedside manners, learn it because I'm sure you're fierce. And the one who have it, please keep it because we appreciate everything that you do. And every thousand of dollars that we spent on you is worth it. So I want to say that on a personal level, 
thanks to everyone who's helped everyone, everyone else with this immigration issue. Oh my God. Yes. So that's what I'm, I want to say. I'm for sure going to break into a song now because you can move on. I want you to break into a song. You should Lean on me. When you're not strong, I'll be your lawyer or consultant to help you move on. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I know. I sound exactly like Beyonce when she's in pain. Even better. Even yeah. better than Beyonce. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Where's your Grammy? Thank Where's you. Your Grammy? I want to see it. Let's move. When you have a Grammy, let me know. <laughs> Thank you so much. We're going to let you go now. Uh, really appreciate your time. I know how busy you are. Thank it's you. pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much, ladies. <laughs> and ours. Bye-bye. Bye. Are you an immigration practitioner working on cases involving temporary residency and work permit applications? Hmm? Stay prepared with Iman Publishing's Temporary Entry into the Canadian Labor Market by Stephen Green, Alexandra Cole, Christina Guida, and Peter Salerno. This handbook will guide you through the avenues and implication of a foreign worker's temporary entry into Canada from applications for work authorizations all the way through to employer compliance and inspections. Get your copy today. Visit emun.ca forward slash T-E-C-L-M and enter promo code T-E-C-L-M 10 for 10% off. Do it now. Things I wish I knew. You know, Chantel, sometimes I've had some situations come across my desk where it's brand new to me and I don't know what to do with it. But I really want to take on the case matter, the case file. It's going to be a new challenge, a new, you know, area of immigration law for me to learn. What suggestions, what things do you wish you knew in that case? Yeah, I think there are two, probably two equal and opposite mistakes that you can make in that situation. One is to be so scared of it that you just pass it over if it's something that you really want to experience and you think it's something that you can do well eventually. The other mistake is to be overconfident and to just jump in without really having the context or the experience to handle that on your own. And I think they're they're both mistakes. Um, Everybody has to do something for the first time at some point in their life. Um, you know, it, whether it's junior council or whether it's quite senior council or just in an unmapped area. Um, my, my advice in that situation would be simply to reach out to colleagues um, to tap them for their experience. And when I say that, I mean, over the course of your career, you need to develop really good relationships, give and take relationships with other colleagues where you share information with them, they share information with you. And sometimes it would be suitable for you to offer to pay them for their time, um, either to put them on a retainer or pay their consultation to walk you through or give you guidance as, as you experience this type of file for the first time. I agree wholeheartedly. Another thing, too, is to make sure you're not wasting that co-counsel's time. So read the law, the policies, the operational bulletins, anything and everything that IRCC publishes. So that way you can make sure you have that basic understanding of that new area of law and the case law. Make sure you sign up for that federal court, you know, SSC, what is it, RSS feed 
So that way you get all of those updated cases on a daily basis. I think making sure that you've done your part to educate yourself is also important. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm astonished sometimes when I see the types of questions that some other professionals may ask that is obvious that they haven't even done the basic reading. So like asking other colleagues for feedback and input and help is okay as long as you've done your own homework, but trying to run your whole practice off the back of asking everybody questions instead of investing the time in your own learning, that's not the way things are done. And also it's gonna make people less willing to help you in the future because they can see that it's, it's just taking of information and you're not contributing anything back. And the other thing too is when that co-counsel gives you feedback and maybe it's constructive, don't take that as a negative thing learn from it. Just know that because you're doing it for the first time, it might not be perfect. It might not be exactly what's required or within the parameters of the law, or maybe there's a different strategy or approach that that other person knows about. So when they give you feedback, know that it's to help you, not to hinder you. And a bit of thanks goes a long way. I mean, I've I've been on both sides of that fence. Um, I've been the one asking for help and feedback and guidance, and I've also been the one giving helpful feedback and guidance. So uh, I know that, you know, our colleagues, everybody is so helpful. Um, You know, they don't do it in order to get thanks, but it's just courteous to, you know, make sure that you follow up, you know, maybe even at the end of the file, like let them know how it went. If you have client permission to share that information, Uh, just, you know, give a little something back to that relationship instead of just take, take, take. You know, I I agree. Absolutely. And you know what, Chantal, for that file I helped you on, you can just buy my annual membership to the Alien Historical Society. (laughs) I'd appreciate that. Coming right up. Things I wish I knew. What are the differences between criminal and serious criminal inadmissibility? I don't know, Chantal. Maybe about three drinks? Also understand the hurdles to overcoming medical inadmissibility. Learn all you need to know in Inadmissibility and Remedies, the third volume in Iman's newly minted immigration law series. This concise and contemporary text will guide you through the process, procedure, and strategic elements involved in helping a client overcome claims of inadmissibility, making this an indispensable resource for immigration consultants and all immigration practitioners. Get your copy today by visiting emond.ca forward slash IR and enter promo code IR10 for 10% off. Welcome to another segment of Welcome Home. Today, we have an anonymous person who has been a client to an immigration representative, meaning either an immigration lawyer or a consultant, and who has agreed to talk to us to give us some honest and candid feedback on what representatives can do better and what not to do. Bum, bum, bum. We are here with Jane Doe. Welcome, Jane Doe. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate that you've taken the time to talk to us and, and most of all, to be honest about your experiences. So please, tell us a little bit. Have you been going through the temporary residence process, permanent? 
How many years have you been dealing with a representative or two or five? Give us a little, a little lay down. Oh God. Um, I think it's been, well, I've had a few actually. I've gone to see a few. Some of them were just uh, consultants because it's cheaper, but. Um, did you interview I... them? Have you been in, did you, what's the process of selection? Let's start with that. So did you book appointments and interview them? Do you go by feel? Relatability? I kind of go with my gut. Um, and the immigration I, lawyer I have now, can I say lawyer? Is that okay? Yep. Yeah. Um, like we've had a long standing <laughs> relationship. So, um, yeah, I think it was like 2018. Um, and it was kind of strange how I met them in that I was on a Facebook group. I, um, was trying to get like trying to, it was like an Irish immigrant Facebook group, like, and then somebody had posted up about a person who was an Irish citizen, but they were also doing immigration files. And I contacted them and they lived somewhere in the middle of Canada. <laughs> um, I think they were in Calgary or somewhere in the, the middle. And uh, yeah, so I, her and I chatted. I told her my whole story, <laughs> which was quite complicated. Um, and yeah, and, and she said, look, I'd love to take it on, but your case is too complicated. So I'm going to refer you to somebody that's closer. And then I spoke to that person and I don't know, I guess I was in a real panic because I was on a deportation list. Um, so that made it a little trickier, you know, um, yeah, so that, that was kind of, so we've been working together, not necessarily her and I have been working together, but yeah, like her team. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's interesting. So, so you reached out on social media. That was your first instinct. Um, when you needed to find someone, you reached out to your social connections online. Is that right? Not really. I, I just, I was, to be honest with you, I was trying to like, I mean, when you do a Google search, immigration lawyers, Toronto, you come up with like 500 different lawyers. So it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, and you never know who's good, right? You, you don't, you don't know what you're getting. Yeah. Because anybody I mean, can have a website. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, it's interesting that the lawyer from Calgary referred you to someone more local because immigration can is federal. So, Well, um, she wasn't an immigration lawyer. Oh, she I was see. She doing immigration files, but, like, they had a general practice, and she wasn't the primary for the practice. She worked for somebody else, so she put me in touch um, with my current representative. <laughs> well, that, that's that's good as well because um, one important thing for practitioners to understand is that um, 
to be able to know when there's something that's a bit too complicated for you, right? Like, so if you're just doing sort of the odd file here and there that, you know, to recognize a complicated situation and refer it on to somebody with a little bit more expertise, that's helpful for people to remember. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate, she was so lovely, honestly. Um, the lady who referred me, she she was just so nice. And I sent her a message, funnily enough, through Facebook. It said, you know, and then we were chatting back and forth, you know, because we just happened to be in the same group, like Facebook group, like, you know. Um, Good old and- Facebook. <laughs> Meta. Yeah, don't, don't get me started on Facebook. <laughs> um, so you booked the appointment, and and did you interview this lawyer? And how did it go? Or you explained your situation? And yeah, kind of I sent feedback? them an email first because uh, she contacted like this lady who I initially contacted, then referred me out to this person and said, look. You know, I mean, their cases, the original contact, they did quite a few immigration stuff, but they were very straightforward. And because I had inadmissibility issues, deportation risks, all this other stuff, like just, (laughs) it was a nightmare. Uh, She thankfully was like, this is too complicated. I'm not an expert in this. So I'm going to refer you to this person. And then I contacted them. And yeah, we've been in a very happy relationship ever since. <laughs> what 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 works like um, in terms of like thing, things that you like about working with a representative? Um, you know, what's what's working for you? Oh, God, um, that's complicated. Like, I think the big thing is somebody explaining to me when I really don't understand why this can't work. Like, I think the biggest thing with with clients um, is, and when it comes to dealing with representatives, like, and I've had a few, like, consultations with um, consultants, um, but I found them just to be very wish-washy. So I don't know. I you just... mean in the sense that, that some some representatives were not being clear in terms of communication or when you say wishy-washy, what do you mean by that? Like, I wasn't feeling it, I guess. I, I just found that they didn't have enough, you know, they were working for themselves. And I just felt it was, you know, like they gave me a quote for what it would cost and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I just... They were more interested in the money. That was the big part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get that people have to be paid and all that kind of stuff. But I just, for me, it's, I mean, I'm a huge Brene Brown fan. And she always, she was talking, I did a, a training course recently. And she said, the difference between sympathy and empathy is this. Sympathy breeds disconnection empathy breeds connection so Mm. you have to be able to connect with that person you know whether it's on a um, like a very small personal level but you i i just think it's so important to you know just be like you know you tell them your story and they're like that sucks you know 
as opposed to someone saying, oh, I totally get it. And they've never immigrated anywhere, you know, so. So what, um, sorry, I just want to interject there before I lose my train of thought. So what, what I'm hearing from you is that like the, the personality fit is important, right? So you, you could talk to five people who were equally qualified, um, but the connection with the representative is something that's important to you from a client perspective. Like you've got to feel like the person gets you. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think that's, you can, that's basically across any profession. I just, you know, um, I just think it's, it's, you know, I go with my gush and, and sort of like, um, you know, your gut never lies. Um, so I, I guess that it, it'd be valuable information for representatives to understand that not every client that you talk to is necessarily going to be a good fit relationship wise, right? So yeah, for example, like, like, you know, if, if I could see like 30 clients in a week, um, you know, I may be able to do their work, but there might not necessarily be that connection there that would breed a, a trust relationship. It's funny because well, I, I give that advice to people. I say, make sure you interview, you know, two or three consultants and lawyers because it has to be a fit for you. You have to trust them with your future. And if you don't have that trust and you don't have that relationship, then, then don't do it. Go to someone else. So well, you I, interviewed a bunch of people. What made you decide on this person? You felt like there was a fit. They had some clear communication uh, and understanding of the law. She Anything just else? She, she sent me back an email. Um, and then we did a consult or whatever. And I mean, we've been in the same professional <laughs> relationship for quite a while. So I don't know, I guess we just get each other in one way, you know? Um, but if I'm not understanding something, you know, and not in a disrespectful way, I mean, we also give each other heck, you know, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's just like, I'm not understanding this. Like you're talking gobbledygook, <laughs> you know, you're, you're just talking like, it's like two lawyers talking together. It's like, it's like two chickens running around the farmyard. Uh, and they're like having a conversation and they're talking chicken and you're like, I have no idea what they are saying. So right. it's just really important to be clear about, you know, like that's where the empathy and connection comes in. Like you literally have to put yourself as a representative in that person's shoes, you know, and if, if you've never immigrated anywhere, then it's just imperative just don't turn around and tell them oh you know i i totally understand that's patronizing like mm. as opposed to turning around and saying you know what i don't know how that feels i've never immigrated but you know what i do hear you like that's a much better thing to say to someone because then they're like okay they're getting it they're they're understanding what i'm saying you know that's and there is knowledge pardon that, that's interesting. Sorry to interrupt you because I, I think that a lot of representatives um, think that the only important thing in the relationship is that they understand what to do and they know what they're doing. But what I'm hearing from you is that there are two other key aspects, not only that the representatives should know what they're doing, but they, they should be able to explain it clearly to the client in plain language that is not overly legal, um, you know, like in layman's terms. And that they should, you know, at least try to see things through the client's eyes. 
I mean, e even though, of course, objectively, like as representatives, we have to stand back a little bit and see the situation from legal terms. But in, in communication, it's it's important to be able to relate to that person as well. That's for you. That was an important piece. It's just so important to be able to try and not be sympathetic, but be empathetic. And mm -hmm. empathy. so it's not like it's not a pity party. It's about relating. And language matters. I think all too often we say, I understand, I understand. And I, I agree with you. It's overused and it's, we don't understand. I've never immigrated anywhere. And funny enough, I tell my clients, part of the reason I love what I do is because I admire the courage of my clients to be in a different country and start a new life here. And I think that to me is so amazing and profound. But language matters. And Chantal and I are always saying to individuals, to all of the consultants and lawyers that listen to this show, get to know your client. Mm. Make yeah, sure like, you I mean, ask those you, questions. I don't know, like, you know, it, you're not just a number, you know, yes, you have a file number. Um, but like, you have to develop, they're giving you their life. <laughs> and they are trusting you with it. So, you know, obviously immigration lawyers, they have no control over what IRCC does. But that's not to say that, you know, as an immigration lawyer or consultant, you can't, you know, be like, okay, you know, let's hope that this file goes, you know, go through it, you know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't say enough about listening to your clients, being empathetic. Um, and just really put yourself in their shoes and be like, okay, so you're scared, you know? So my case, I got deported. <laughs> um, I got a trip on Con Air, <laughs> compliments of IRCC, <laughs> when I was being uh, actually put on the plane. And I, I always remember this so clearly, uh, the guy, so they walked me through um, and they took the handcuffs off which was great. Um, I was the last person to get on the plane. Now it was with Aer Lingus, which is Ireland's national airline. And uh, yeah, I actually missed my first flight, <laughs> but that's another story for another day. Um, and, but I remember the girl, cause they handed her the papers, all that stuff. And they're like, oh, we need to capture to this. And then they gave her my passport, all that stuff. And she literally, I remember this so clearly, she turned around and she looked at me, she just put her hand on my shoulder. And she just said, don't worry, we'll take care of you. Everything's going to be okay. And I literally had to fight back the tears, you know, and then as soon as I got on the plane, and they closed the door, she's like, you're going home. She said, I know it sucks. But you're going home. And she said, Here's your stuff. Here's your passport. I'll take you down to your seat. Don't worry. We'll take care of you from here. And she gave me a big, huge hug. Like, yes. that's the kind of, you know, she had no idea. Like, that she was, but she literally made that little, um, I'm getting emotional about this because it just made, like, it just took down my stress level, you know, and it was so the right thing to do. It mightn't have been the, professional thing to do 
but it was definitely it it's something that i i often wonder who that girl is because if i knew who she was i mean yeah i'd just be like shouting about her <laughs> it's a know? human moment a human moment to just yeah, like you like, said show empathy I mean, if somebody's getting deported or whatever don't be like oh well that sucks sorry next <laughs> you mm. know just be like look you know and you can be sorry till the cows come home but that doesn't change it I, I think that's hard for representatives too because um you know a lot of people whether they're consultants or lawyers like they they see a lot of misery right and a lot of um upset people anxious people people who are going through a really significant upheaval and not always getting a positive result at the end of it and i think that can be hard from a representative point of view um emotionally to absorb all of that so i think it'd be a, a particular skill to be able to demonstrate that kind of caring and empathy without you know absorbing too much into yourself so that you know, you have like almost like a vicarious trauma or something like that. And being able to be comfortable giving bad news. It's not, nobody wants, no consultant or lawyer wants to give bad news. The reason that we're hired is to do a great job and to try and make sure we're successful for you. So I find it's not a comfortable feeling delivering that bad news. No, it's awful. I really feel strongly about you have to build connection with your clients. And I don't mean you go to their wedding or their parties or anything, but, you know, um, you can be friendly without being friends, if that makes sense. Yeah, it so, is a relationship at the end of the day. I mean, even a professional relationship is still a relationship that requires attention. People yeah. won't just uh, trust you for no reason. Like, people won't just trust you because you have a credential. People will trust you because of the relationship. So I think that's important. Yeah, and that's where the empathy comes in. Like, mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. Like, empathy breeds connection. Mm -hmm. And genuineness. You have to be genuine, honest. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, think, I think people can feel whether you're genuine or not, whether you genuinely care, you genuinely love what you do, and, and you genuinely empathize with a person. Well, I remember the first consultation that I had, and I just thought she was just really kind, you know. I don't know if I could say that right now. She's more of a pain in my ass than anything else, but that's just, <laughs> that's not in a negative way. We, we kind of we go back and forth and <laughs> we have a good, uh, it's a, a friendly, but a professional relationship. So that's a delicate uh, line for a representative to walk that, that friend and friendly. Yeah, mm -hmm. But I, I think we've, you know, I'm very much aware of it, but then that's my own self-awareness. So, um, you know, I mean, like I, I look after people's dogs here, right? And a lot of those people are my friends, but when they start talking to me about, oh, can you give me a discount? I'm like, no, this is a business. Like, this is not personal, you know? And, and they're a little bit shocked, but then I have to explain to them, look, when it comes to minding your dog, it's all business. When it comes to us going out for a night on the town or whatever, then we're friends. Like, you know, like I'm able to separate that. But it, it's so, you have to be so objective because you have to look at the bigger picture. What am I trying to achieve here? Like as a client, what do I want them to do? But as a representative, you know, how can I help you? 
That's the big question. Ask them, how can I help you? Because it's a service-based industry. You know, I absolutely hate it when people go, I fired my client. I'm like, are you paying them or are they paying you? Hmm. You know, um, that bugs me. And like other little things, um, time wasting. (laughs) (laughs) I am a stickler for that. Do not waste my time. Um, You know, I, yeah, I was getting mad last night because I was like, I haven't heard anything. (laughs) You know, so um, Mm -hmm. yeah, like just responsiveness, I guess. It's like, yeah, like, I mean, obviously, you know, I think from a client's perspective, it's like, kind of hard to explain. I don't really care about other people's files. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. And that's not be mean. That's just like, I am focused on my own file, right? And it's not selfish or whatever. It's just, they have too much stuff at risk, you know? So, I acknowledge the fact that my representative has thousands of files, right? Thousands. And I get it. But when I'm talking to you and I'm, I'm having a conversation with you or whatever, you know, the focus is, um, I would like to see the focus be on me. It's not all about me, but I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly. But Would it be helpful if your representative sent you an email? Like if you sent an email saying, is there an update? They said, I will respond tomorrow or I will respond on Monday. Yeah, Is, like, is that better or, or silence? Like, oh, silence drives me crazy. Now, that's just me because you're like, you start getting inside your head and being like, well, why didn't they respond? Even if it's a, an automatic, you know, thank you very much. You know, we received your email. You might end up you know, sending them three or four emails. And even if they send it back, say, please be advised. We have thousands of other clients. You know, your file is important to us. However, we will respond to you within the next three to five business days. Mm, like an auto you know, reply. A- that's a very practical piece of advice. Because I, I don't think that's just you. I think I think that's a, that's a common thing um, from a client perspective. It's like, you know, just not getting an answer. And then you start to read, read into it, right? Or I mean, send more yeah. emails. Yeah. And then and then the lawyer gets five emails instead, instead of, of that one. one yeah. And it becomes problematic for us and that we're trying to manage it and to respond. And I know when I want to be on a client file, I want to focus. And, you know, I have ADHD, so I really need to focus. Are you sure Chantal doesn't have that either? <laughs> <laughs> Squirrel. As I sit here looking around, like, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, so it's important, right? And I want, I want my client to know when you have my attention, it's a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's not in a disrespectful way, but it's kind of like, so you guys are interviewing me and I'm not like, oh yeah, hang on. Oh, I'm over here. Oh, hang on. Somebody just went by. Hold on one second. I go out and answer the door. Mm-hmm. you're gonna be like well hang on you're wasting my time right mm. you know if you i don't know i'm just a bit of a, a stickler for, i mean if things life happens and things will change right so if something else comes in and it's you know somebody calls the office and said i really need help they're going to kick me out of the country in a week just send them a really brief email and just say look we just got a call 
this is important and and acknowledge that you know i'm so sorry or you know i apologize for whatever rescheduling or that you have to yeah yeah but like don't make a habit out of it because then they're just going to be like oh here another (laughs) excuse yeah get another team member to make a phone call we all forget in in this day and age a phone call can just go a long way to say hey I, I, I'm a fan of phone calls, right? Um, it's more annoying. Uh, or if you have, in my case, and, and, you know, if you have an office manager that has this notion in her head that she thinks that her name is over the door, <laughs> you know, um, and is, is a lawyer when they're not, and you're trying to get through. And I get the calls have to be censored, but that irritates me. It's just like, can you just set up a meeting with her because I'm getting angry and you're just being an idiot, (laughs) you know? So, you know, it could be something really quick, you know, like emails, there's so much emotion that's lost in an email because the person sending it is thinking in one way and the person receiving it, you don't know what's going on where they're at. I mean, yeah, you don't get the tone or context. Yeah. Yeah, so lost. like there's an awful lot of stuff that gets lost. Whereas a quick no, I'm on the other side of the world, so that makes it a little bit trickier. But um, I mean, I played a bit of an April Fool joke, <laughs> saying that I got arrested. Oh my god, can you? You know, and she was like, "Yeah, I know you didn't." So that's a representative's said, worst nightmare. That's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have enough we have a you know we have a good enough relationship that you can joke like that because her christmas gift is going to be fabulous that's what i think i hear here (laughs) i'm tired of sending christmas gifts i was told last year i don't do cards i was like well the card's not for you so what's the difference (laughs) (laughs) oh we gotta we gotta wind it down we're out of time now um listen we really appreciate uh we know you're in a different time zone it's a bit later um and you have a lot of competing stuff on your schedule too. So we, we uh, really appreciate the time that you spent with us today and we appreciate your honesty as well. Um, you know, well, I'm yeah. always honest. My representative <laughs> is a hundred percent, even if she doesn't want to hear it, she's <laughs> going to hear it anyways. Cause that is, I, I just, I remember her telling me that, you know, she sent me an email one day and she's like, whatever you do, you have to be honest. I was so gutted. I was like, why wouldn't I be honest? You're trying to help me. <laughs> oh you'd but, be surprised that's excellent I, advice honesty whether you want to hear it or not yeah because all too often clients only give us what they think we want to hear mm-hmm. and really we just need the honest truth just give it to us lay it on thick i would like to thank the two anonymous volunteers for sharing your insight and experiences with us today we greatly appreciate it fact that you have been very candid and honest with us will allow all of our listeners to make sure that we can improve our own client relationships. The Welcome Home podcast is produced, engineered, and edited by Alex Ross of Never Sleeps Network, directed and published by Dane and Haas, and marketing by Katrina Harley. For our listeners, Emond is offering 10% off titles in the Immigration Law series. Just visit emond.ca forward slash welcome home immigration and enter code welcome home at checkout and we want to hear from you please email us with your questions or topics at welcome home at emon.ca 
or leave us a voicemail at phone number 416-975-3925, extension 227. My name is Dana Hawes, and I'm the senior publisher at Iman Publishing. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Welcome Home podcast. We at Iman Publishing are committed to providing best-in-class immigration law content, including our immigration law series edited by Chantelle Deloge and Catherine Sawicki, our best-selling treatise, Canadian Immigration and Refugee Law, a Practitioner's Handbook, 3rd Edition, new initiatives like the Welcome Home podcast, as well as our Emond Exam Prep ICCRC practice exams, and a host of immigration law casebooks and textbooks for law school, university, and college students. Emond is also the proud provider of most of the required resources for the Queen's Immigration and Citizenship Law Program for Immigration Consultants.